Hello and welcome to Accent of Women, a show by and about women from diverse cultures and languages right across the world. I'm Giselle Hanna. Listeners might be familiar with this particular case coming out of the Philippines. In November 2014, transgender woman Jennifer Lord was murdered by Lance Corporal Joseph Scott Pemberton. Jennifer is a Filipina. Lance Corporal Pemberton is a United States Marine. Jennifer was murdered in a hotel room after a night out with Pemberton. His defence? He was so overwhelmed with emotion at the discovery of her transgender that he was compelled to kill her and therefore should not be completely liable for his actions. Since the events leading to Jennifer's murder, there have been criminal proceedings and a trial, but no justice. In fact, Alongapal City, where this matter has been tried, the local court there, in fact, held that Pemberton was responsible for Jennifer's death in a very limited way, but that he should serve some time behind bars. But he hasn't. The story was very familiar for another Filipina named Nicole, who was raped by another US Marine by the name of Daniel Smith. Daniel Smith was effectively not punished for his offence. Gabriela Philippines is a militant women's movement in the Philippines with chapters right across the world. They've been central to the campaign for justice for Jennifer Lord, as well as the countless Filipinas that have been raped or murdered by US Marines located in the Philippines. Over the next two weeks, I'll be looking at this story in a bit of detail. I've been speaking with Johns Salvador, a central organiser for Gabriela Philippines on this campaign. This week, we focus on the issue itself and the political and legal context that allows these military men to act with impunity. Next week, we'll look at the campaign for justice and what you, the listener, can do to help. Here's Johns Salvador. So in November of last year, um, Jennifer Laude met U.S. soldier Joseph Scott Pemberton. Pemberton was then on a liberty or rest and recreation tour um, together with hundreds of other American soldiers. They were in the Philippines after um, for, for military exercises with Philippine troops. And like every um, official duty. After that comes um, liberty time for for U.S. troops, and um, that's how Pemberton came to be um, in in Olongapo City. It's um, a former uh, U.S. military in the Philippines in Central Luzon, which um, is now one of the top destinations for. American soldiers going on rest and recreation activities after their official duty in the Philippines. So Pemberton and um, Laude met and Jennifer met in a bar, had a few drinks together, decided to, to go out together and checked in, uh, in, a, in a motel. And um, that's where um, the murder of Jennifer happened when Pemberton learned or so, as, 
as, as his um, defense uh, goes, when he learned that Jennifer is actually a transgender, that's where he got shocked and um, in the heat of his emotion, um, killed Jennifer Yaude. Yep. That that's um that's such an extraordinary story that just someone could discover the um, gender identity of a person and murder them for that. Um, there there are other situations exactly. that are I mean this particular matter um, relates to Jennifer Lord because she's transgender, but she's not the only person to have fallen victim to the sexual violence of U.S. military personnel. In 2005, yes. Daniel Smith, another a, a U.S. Marine, raped a Filipina woman named Nicole. What was the outcome for Daniel Smith? Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, this what happened, or some of the circumstances of um, Jennifer's murders are similar to the rape of Nicole. The same, the two crimes happened in Alongapo in the same um, U.S. former U.S. military base turned recreation site up rest and recreation site for U.S. soldiers. Um, in 2005, Daniel Smith, together with of course, many other U.S. soldiers, were also on a Liberty uh, tour after uh, participating in a, in a military exercise with Philippine troops. Um, and um, one night in November as well, while Daniel Smith and his friend were having their rest and recreation, this is where they met Nicole in a bar, and the rape of Nicole happened afterwards. So this is what happened to Jennifer, or having Jennifer becoming a victim of um, the violence of U.S. military so U.S. soldiers is not something new um, to, to us. Uh, um, it happened also in the rape of Nicole in 2005. There was also another incident sometime in 2009, I think, where another Filipina was raped um, by a military soldier also here in the Philippines, but decided not to pursue um, um, a legal case against the, the American soldier. Even before uh, this decade, during the time when US, the U.S. maintained military bases in the Philippines, before they were booted out in 1990, um, cases of sexual violence, sexual abuse committed by U.S. soldiers against Filipino women and children Unfortunately, none of the um, perpetrators of these violent and abusive acts, these crimes, ever got sentenced during the time of the U.S. military bases. And even now that we have, um, that the U.S. military bases are no longer present, there has been continuous um, increase of U.S. military presence in the Philippines. We'll get to that in just a minute, but um, uh, as in the legal context around why these men aren't coming to justice, I do want to look at the US military presence in the Philippines just to get some contextual understanding of that. What, why is there such a big US military presence in the mm-hmm. Philippines? The Philippines has been one of the um, biggest 
um, offshore American site of uh, one of the biggest military bases outside of mainland U.S. And um, this has been due to a long-standing political um, relations between the Philippines and the U.S., which is um, legally guaranteed by military agreement between the two countries. Um, there is, for example, a 1951 military um, defense treaty between the Philippines and the U.S., which, um, um, which has paved the way for several forms of quote-unquote cooperation between the Philippines and the U.S., which for the past uh, decades has taken the form of the U.S. maintaining um, either permanent military bases in the Philippines, as was the case with um, the military bases agreement, the former military bases agreement, or per, uh, permanent regular um, military exercises and uh, rotating rotational presence of U.S. Um, soldiers in the Philippines. So now, what is what is in operation is actually the Philippine-U.S. Uh, Visiting Forces Agreement, which allows the U.S. conduct military exercises in just about every port, military base, every. Everywhere, anywhere in the Philippines, there is also over the over the past couple of years, there has also been an increase in uh, the frequency of military bases of, of military um, exercises between the two countries or the U.S. soldiers conducting military exercises in the Philippines because we you know there there really is no um, parallel exercises done by Philippine troops in the U.S. anyway. So it's more of um, an increased uh, presence of U.S. Uh, military troops in the Philippines as well as their stockpiling of war materials in the, in the Philippines um, as part of the U.S. strategic uh, pivot to Asia. A new treaty um, recently signed uh, by, by the Philippines and the U.S., the Enhanced Defense Cooperation Agreement, which seeks to revive the military bases in the Philippines. So um, that has been the, the context, the political and military context, to the increased presence of soldiers in the Philippines and um, Corollary to that, the, the acts of violence and abuse committed by U.S. Um, soldiers against the uh, Filipino people. community radio stations right across Australia, you're listening to Accent of Women. I'm speaking with John Salvador, a central organiser for Gabriella Philippines. We're talking about the murder of transgender woman Jennifer Lord by US Marine Joseph Scott Pemberton.
And earlier you talked about the fact that none of these um, US military men have been convicted of any of these violent offences. Can you explain what the legal context is around that and how they can continue to evade justice? For example, which country has jurisdiction over them? Is it the Philippines or the US? The Visiting Forces Agreement, the US-Philippines Visiting Forces Agreement, is actually the legal framework for um, the conduct of U.S. Um, soldiers in the Philippines and also how um, how they would be treated, airing, um, airing U.S. soldiers would be treated under Philippine laws. Um, visiting Forces Agreement is actually the major stumbling block to achieving justice for Filipinos who are um, the victims of abuse and violence by U.S. soldiers, as was as happened in the case of Nicole and also now with Jennifer Jennifer's um, case. Um, according to the Visiting Forces Agreement, the Philippines has um, the primary jurisdiction over a case against um, a U.S. soldier, but when the American soldier gets sentenced, the custody um, can reside on the U.S. So the U.S. cannot be forced to surrender their U.S. soldier to Philippine authorities unless they voluntarily, the U.S. government voluntarily agrees to. So in that the question or the issue of the Philippines maintaining jurisdiction over criminal offenses and over cases by U.S. soldiers is not really, is not entirely correct because how could you exercise jurisdiction when you don't have custody over the accused? So in the case against Pemberton, for example, although a, file, a case of murder was filed against him in a Philippine court, the Philippines never took custody of, of Pemberton because the U.S. just wouldn't him to Philippine authorities. And um, even if the case against him was, uh, was a heinous crime, and under Philippine laws, that offense, murder is a capital offense, rape in the case of Nichols, capital offense, still the Philippines couldn't exercise full jurisdiction over the case. And so now, for example, in Pemberton's, at the aftermath of the Longapur Regional Trial Courts uh, over Pemberton, the Philippines still couldn't um, impress on Pemberton in, in our jail. He's still under custody of the U.S. in a special facility inside um, um, the headquarters of the Armed Forces of the Philippines, where only U.S. soldiers could um, readily, um, easily enter. So it's really an issue of um, not being able to exercise uh, Philippine jurisdiction because of the visit of the provisions of the Visiting Forces Agreement. But beyond that, also lies a very glaring um, example of providing special treatment to American soldiers at the expense of the rights of, of Filipinos who are victimized by, by a soldier. When, for example, Nicole's rape happened in 2005 and now again um, Jennifer's murder, the question of the visiting you know, 
the Visiting Forces Agreement and how skewed it is in favor of, of, of American soldiers has come to light. And um, this is also why a growing sector of, of Philippine society has called for the abrogation of the Visiting Forces Agreement because it has been proven to provide um, special treatment for American soldiers and has also proven to provide the legal basis for for American soldiers to commit crimes in the Philippines not, not be held completely liable under Philippine laws. Well, let's look at this in practice. What was the result of um, the, the trial or the actions against Pemberton? So the decision of the trial court is that one... Pemberton is guilty of killing Jennifer, but it did not find the circumstance as showing that it was a murder. So Pemberton was sentenced for a lower, which is homicide. Nevertheless, what was the legal outcome of the case was that without any doubt, he killed Jennifer. Unfortunately, the um, the Philippine court found that because. Pemberton's defense was that um, he did not know that Jennifer was a transgender woman. So when he learned that he was a transgender woman and um, decided to kill Jennifer, that he couldn't be held liable for a murder offense. So um, um, the court did not find, for example, um, the circumstances of the killing of Jennifer as showing cruelty or premeditation, uh, which according to Philippine law should uh, be one of the um, the factors for determining her offense. So Pemberton was uh, found guilty of killing Jennifer, but for a lower offense of homicide. Secondly, the, 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 the trial court um, sentenced um, Pemberton, of course, pending appeals in, in, in the court, court appeals, sentenced Pemberton to be committed to the national penitentiary, to the national prison. But the U.S. representatives of the U.S. government, of the U.S. embassy, who were present during the case promulgation, wouldn't submit to the, to the court's decision on the issue of, on the aspect of um, custody. So it was agreed, so the, the court, um, there was a standoff, uh, about an hour of standoff, because U.S. officers wouldn't um, surrender Pemberton, and Longapo trial court made another decision to allow him to be jailed, quote-unquote, inside the headquarters of the armed forces of the Philippines in a special facility, um, where only Pemberton is, is imprisoned and where the, the U.S. holds practically, it's, it's, a, it's a prison facility inside the headquarters of the Armed Forces of the Philippines, which the um, U.S. officers are in control. So up until now, Pemberton is there. There is a, um, a decision by the court, but um, it couldn't be fully exercised because of the visiting forces agreement.
It's uh, such a such a um, weak system in terms of bringing to justice the perpetrators of violence against women around these military bases and, and where the US military has such a, a heavy presence. Now, you've been campaigning for justice for Jennifer Lord for over a year, and before her you've been campaigning for justice for Nicole. What kind of actions has the campaign involved? In cases like this, we have... Um Realize we have learned that as much as it is a legal campaign, that the political campaign is also very necessary to raise the public's attention to the fact that there's much at stake politically between the U.S. and the Philippines on this issue, and that there are decisions that will would have to be done um, beyond the context of um, what the law uh, prescribes. Example, there has been, the court has already spoken about where Jennifer, uh, where Pemberton should have been jailed, but um, there was a political agreement between the U.S. and the Philippine governments um, practically um, disregarding the courts or the legal aspect of the case. So we have been doing, um, while we have been um, Watching over the developments of the legal case, uh, we have also been conducting um, public information campaign on the issue of not only of the issues related to Jennifer's murder, that that um, issues of transgender violence, issues of discrimination against. Um, communities in the Philippines, but also issues of um, how uh, the Visiting Forces Agreement and other lopsided agreements between the U.S. and the Philippines has made the battle for justice an uphill, an uphill one. It was also, it is also an opportune time to discuss the political context of the relations between the U.S. and the Philippines and why even for why in the past century, the Philippines has provided a physical base for U.S. expansionist strategies and um, plans in Asia Pacific at the expense of the Philippines exercising um, our sovereignty on matters that um, specifically um, affect um, the Filipino people such as when there are um, cases or crimes committed against uh, Filipinos um, by U.S. Um, soldiers. So while uh, we were closely monitoring the developments of the case, um, doing um, court actions when um, there are, when there were, you know, it's important in, during the, the most important um um, stages of the of the case. We also were doing a lot of um, uh, information dissemination campaigns, public forums, um, raising issues um, to the public, and generating also mass support for the the fight for justice, not only in the Philippines but also outside of the country, trying to mobilize um, international network, an international network 
network of support for Jennifer's fight for and um, against the uh, visiting courses agreement and other um, other maneuvers that the U.S. has been had been doing in relation to the case of Jennifer. That was John Salvador, a central organiser for Gabriella Philippines. We were talking about the murder of transgender woman Jennifer Lord by US Marine Joseph Scott Pemberton. This story continues on Accent of Women next week, when we look at the general situation in the Philippines and building a broader campaign for justice for Jennifer. And that's all we have time for on today's program of Accent of Women. Accent of Women is produced in the Melbourne studios of Community Radio 3CR and is distributed nationally via the Community Radio Network. Unfortunately, Accent of Women is no longer funded. The Community Broadcasting Foundation felt that our program was not as much of a priority as it once was. 3CR and Accent of Women disagrees with this and we are lobbying to have this position changed. If you want to help us, get in touch by writing to accentofwomen at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Twitter or like our page on Facebook. If you want to hear this show again or any of our previous programs, you can download the podcast from 3CR's website, 3cr.org.au. Go to the Accent of Women page and follow the links to this week's show. Thanks for tuning in to the show. I'm Giselle Hanna and I look forward to your company again next week.